Hi guys and welcome to the Simit to Win It podcast. This week it's a special pod. Uh, on the other side of the table is a guy who's probably more used to uh, hosting himself than uh, being hosted. But uh, yeah, it's Craig of the well, Championship Amateur podcast. You all know who he is. Um, he's on here with me. How you doing, mate? Yeah, weird. This I like asking the questions. I don't. I'm prepared when I'm asking the questions. Now I'm going to get asked stuff that I'm not prepared for. So you'll catch me out a little bit tonight. But. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm in the I'm in the Benno position based on my pod, so we'll see how well see how easy it is to be on the opposite side of the fence. But all good. Looking forward to it. Yeah, is, is this your? You've not a- answered questions before on your podcast, have you? Not really. Um, no. So, sometimes people mention things on Discord that are not a direct question, but they mention things, and that enables me to go away and talk about things and look into things a bit further, but not a direct answer to a question. And I don't really share my sim data either very much. Obviously, that's your that's your bag to share. I, I reference it occasionally, but I don't really talk about it very much. So a few instances tonight where people get a little bit of extra info because I've got some uh, stuff to share as well. So yeah, a bit of opinions as well. So it's not just me regurgitating numbers forever and ever. We've got a little bit. Well, it means we get get to be held accountable for what we say. Um, it's not just uh, <laughs> oh, it's the Sims' fault. That's what we used to. We're always held accountable. We're always to blame when it goes wrong. We told everyone, right? So it's no <laughs> different to normal. No difference. Well, we, let's get straight into it and not not sit around. First question, well as ever, he loves to be the first question because he probably turns off straight after uh, after I say it. But uh, Benno asks about Viduka away at Villa and whether it's a low ceiling game. So I sort of took this as a question, yes, about Viduka, but also about how Aston Villa away is and how you maybe consider it as a game. So how do you consider it? Uh, I consider it varied very much sim to sim. As I, th- I think I mentioned it before that Villa in general, one of those teams that are so, the variance is so big for how many they score and how many they, they concede and where they finish in the league. I've got sims where they concede 40, sims where they concede 70. Um, I think we're in one of the higher variance ones of those. So I think in our sim, it's more likely they'll concede than others, which is probably a good thing if you're in Viduka this week. Um, I think at the moment, in when they're at home, Villa, they concede approximately one, one a game. Leeds, on average, score about two away. Um, I think realistically, Leeds are only going to score one goal in this game, if I'm being honest. So the Duca may get that, but um, I think that's probably his ceiling. Um, yeah, one goal for Leeds. So yeah, make of that what you will, I think, is my take on the Duca. Yeah. I've got Viduka it's 28 starts, 10 goals, four assists. So a return every other. Like you said, it's variance. He's Viduka's always awkward away from home, I find. He very rarely hauls compared to the other premiums. But at home, obviously, we know how good he is. But the likes of like Phillips and Rude tend to do okay away as well as home. But but Viduka not really. And I find that Larson sometimes throws, you know, a awkward situations in because obviously he's scoring so if he's scoring Paducah's not but yeah generally only only 10 goals before us it's it's all right I wouldn't sell but it's not it's not a buy definitely not it's probably more likely to be him isn't it if like if I'm saying one they score one but Larson and Smith aren't playing we know Keane's not that prolific and we know Kuehl I know it went well for those two alongside Paducah last week but I think it's a boost to Paducah's chances of getting leads as goals when he's up front with Keane so I think there is scope. I've got a little bit more on him here. So, you know, there's only two strikers that had more than three shots away to Villa in our sim, and that's um, Thierry Henry and Marcus Ben. And no striker in an away game with Villa has scored more than one. Um, so no 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 away striker's got more than eight points away to Villa. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's a high ceiling game for him. I think if, if you get eight points from him, you've done well. I think it'll probably be less than that, if I'm being honest. As you just said, I think a 50% chance of some sort of attacking return is probably about right. And probably even a slightly lower chance of some bonus because it's an away game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm predicting four or five points maybe as, a, as an expectation from a Duke. I've got him. And because of, obviously, the league's told us Henri's not playing up. Paducah was going for me, but now, obviously, I have to deal with Henri. So, Paducah will now stay. But I'm not expecting more than four or five points from him. I'm sure there's other strikers that have got a much bigger upside than that, I think, this week. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there are. A, there's going to be a, a lot of difficult captain choices. We we spoke about how we both thought a lot of people would jump on Henri. Um, I don't obviously he's not playing, so I think the choice there. I think it allows us to have a little bit more options. And Viduka may be someone some people look at, but I, I wouldn't recommend. I think you you no upside. I 
maybe a goal, maybe an assist, but beyond that, like you said, four, five, maybe six points, but more than that, I'd be very surprised. Anyway, we'll get on to the next question, uh, which is from the Man On podcast, and they ask about what our favourite league style was, and if we could both suggest a league style, uh, which would we suggest? Obviously, you've suggested one before that was actually used, so have you got any more in there? Uh, I, enjoy, I should start, I enjoyed last week's league with the colours. I think it was cool to have sort of the challenge of trying to work stuff out. I feel like once you sort of get a grasp of this game, a lot of it is actually quite predictable, not the returns, but I think you get a decent gauge on how things are going to go. Um, my favourite probably is the benches. I said I know I sort of suggested it, but I do find it really informative. And I, I do think the more information you get, the better it is for making decisions. I like to know that my starters are going to get the full 90 minutes and then obviously got a good chance of knowing from who the subs are, if, if they're going to come on and off. So I, that is my favourite. In terms of a new league style, I'm going to pitch something that's probably a little bit niche. It's a bit out there, this one, and I don't think he's going to take off. So I'll, I'll suggest it, though, as an option. Um, so I'm quite into sort of brain challenges, brain games, those sorts of things. So this leaks along on those lines. Could we, could we leak the initials of all 11 starters of a team? And obviously, you can then make it as easy as, or as hard as you wanted it to. So the, if you wanted to make it really easy, you could just delete the 11 players in order. So if we're doing Chelsea, for example, you could leak CC first, uh, Carla Kula Jr., then maybe left to right in defence, CB, JT. I think that would be quite easy to do that. But if you did mm -hmm. it for the right team, it may be a little bit trickier to work out. Um, or you could jumble the letters up. So basically, if you if no one's got double-barreled names, for example, like one with the boy, you'd have 22 starting letters and they're all jumbled up. And you'd probably have to leak a team where there's like someone with a V in, uh, as one of their two names, or like ticket, or like, I don't know, it'd be the first there. I think. But I think that would be really hard, like working out from the goalkeeper. So if it was Bolton and you put two J's in, they probably work out just Goliath, you have to kind of break it down. But I think that would be quite interesting and I think it would be quite engaging to sit there and argue about those sorts of things. So I don't think it will take off because I think it's too niche and I think a lot of the non-serious players won't have time to try and work that out. I'm sure there'll be 20 or 30 of us in Discord to get quite a big kick out of trying to unjumble the letters, trying to work out the starters of a, of a certain team. That's my suggestion anyway. So I, think, I think Luke will kind of watch that and say that's too complicated. But best I've got. Yeah, I quite like that one. I can, the only issue with that, I can imagine that Discord will crack it as a group and those outside of it obviously are a disadvantage. I can imagine one night, people like you, 10 people... Um, we'll just sort of crack it together and they'll work it out. And then if you're outside of Discord, but it is quite a cool idea, actually. And something like that. Um, my my favourite style, because my leak idea is slightly similar to yours. But um, yeah, my favourite leak was, was Luke's press conference. I just thought it was so politician-like, you know, in the times we're in. I just thought it was fantastic. He did a really, really good job. And obviously there's a lot of work going into that. But I think something like that, for maybe for the last day of the season, you know, that sort of final day press I'll conference. I have to try started. and join because I didn't join live the first one. So I wasn't able to ask any questions. And people might not know, but I've got a background in like journalism. I've got like qualifications in it. So you'd like to think I'll be quite good at getting information <laughs> out of people. And obviously, it was being quite coy on the stream. But I'd like to have a good go at asking questions, try and make him slip up a little bit. But I couldn't do that last time. So a repeat of that would be good if we could do that again. Yeah, it was. No, it was really good fun. And it's obviously, I enjoy the wheel because I love chaos. I know a lot of people hate it, but I think it's, I think it adds an element of the leak. You know, it, some leaks, okay, like to this week's leak, you know, naturally, if you've got triple Arsenal, you know, the leak's done you some favours. If you've got none, then it hasn't. And that's just how leaks go. Whereas I feel like the wheel takes that element away and we're all, we could all fall foul and maybe you get lucky some weeks and some weeks you won't. So I always quite enjoyed that. My uh, suggestion is, is sort of wheel based. I would have, now bear with me, the 26 letters of the alphabet in a wheel or, or maybe take out Q and whatever else, spin it, whichever letter it lands on, every player that week whose surname starts with that letter is leaked and that's it. So, you know, you get S, you might get quite a few, but I was looking through the players at sort of start and there's not too many letters that would cause a ridiculous amount of leaks. Because obviously you've got some of the premiums like Brood and Viduka both with V, so if it's not a V, they're not there. But I just thought something like that might be, so, you know, there's some randomization. It might be quite fun uh, for some people because, you know, you could get S or T and you get quite a few or you could get G and there's not that many. 
I'm so excellent. People love D, right? Doherty, De Boer, Desai, people at Dublin, people would love a D, wouldn't they? But I like that as an idea. But yeah, it's just quite straightforward and easy and might be quite fun. I mean, if there's if it's a letter that maybe doesn't spring up too many players, you could even say which position they're in, whether they're, you know, left, centre mid, right centre mid, whatever. But I think, yeah, I think that's that's an all right idea because I looked, there wasn't too many letters that, like you said, D throws quite a few up. I think S threw quite. But some letters like T, they throw up quite a lot of players, but no one that anybody owns. <laughs> So unless you're in two guys, people, or... you'd have everyone up in the air moaning, wouldn't you? That hang on, this thing doesn't actually tell me anything. And, but... Yeah, but that's the. I think that's part and parcel of it. I think people have to accept that some leaks are going to favour you and some leaks aren't, and that's just how it is. And you should be thankful you get any, because imagine how chaotic the game would be this season with the amount of players if we had no leaks. I think people would be uh, all over the shop. It's imperative, I think, the leaks for the engagement. I say it gives yeah. plenty to talk about. My pod wouldn't be anywhere near as good without leaks. It's been the theme of quite a lot of my leaks, trying to decipher them and things. It's given me quite a lot of topics to talk about. So I'm incredibly thankful that we've got them. Um, but yeah, new ones are always good. I like that. Um, good work. I like that. Even if you don't pick some of the letters, but you wouldn't need all 26, would you? You can pick, pick the, yeah. the, the more important five or something, just have them on a wheel. But I think there's, yeah, there's something yeah, in like, that. I agree. Yeah, we'll go on to the next question. So Monty asks about a high-risk, high-reward striker to replace one chop and make up 15 points in the cup. So obviously you're still in the cup, so it's something you've probably thought long and hard about which players you might have to bring in if you're in a deficit. So um, who would you be suggesting? Luckily, I'm in the lead in my uh, quarterfinals, so I've got the opposite problem. I've got to try and get people, I think, uh, maybe quite popular and work the other way around. In terms of players to make up ground. I think CM Fantasy's already highlighted Jason Yule this week as the best striker in his sims. I think it was like 16 returns in 20. Um, he was less than 2% owned this week and I th- uh, last week even. And I'd imagine that even though we've obviously got the news about Henri not playing, I'd imagine most will move either to Nisteroy if they go up or they'll go down to a Middlesbrough, I think. Probably Boxic or Ricardo, I think, if they're going to go down from Henri. So I still think Yule will be quite a differential this week. Because I think so. I think other strikers will be in higher demand. Um, I think we know that Millwall home is the best fixture in the sim. Um, I wouldn't even discount Bartlett. I know a lot of people jump on Yule because he seems to be the main goal getter. But say Bartlett's going to be an even bigger differential. I'd be surprised if no one owns him. I, was, I remember in season one actually Bartlett. He was like an absolute beast for bonus. I think he was a bit like Horizon. You see it loads of eights, but because Cholton like Ipswich didn't have loads of players getting high uh, official ratings. Um, eight was often enough to get two or three bonus points. So I, th- I think I think Bartlett shouldn't be discounted because he doesn't really do a lot. I think in one-off good games, he could still be good. I haven't looked actually too much into what sort of strikers do well against Millwall. But if it is someone with more sort of physical stats, then maybe it's, uh, it's Bartlett. So those two. The other one I'd, I'd bring up maybe is Dwight York. Because I think, I think everyone's going to get Van Nistel, right? But um, I, I do... I do quite like the, the appeal of York sort of upstaging Van Nistelrooy from time to time. I think it will happen uh, in odd weeks. And again, if you want to be different, I think a lot of people are going to Van Nistelrooy probably even captaining him now. Uh, Man United averaged 2.5 goals this week in my Sims. That's the highest. So I think it makes sense to get a Man United striker. And if you want to be different and not get Van Nistelrooy, I think York is equally plausible. And the fact he's playing away should mean that he starts. So one of those three, I think. Yeah, the, the ones, uh, you, like you said, I, I had 26 starts, 14 goals, four assists. So not far off what CM Fantasy was saying. 18 returns in 26. Um, Charlton looked good. Um, generally, the goals can come from lots of different places in games like Millwall, because obviously, like you said, easy fixture. They're shooting a lot. They're scoring a lot. Uh, also had Boxic, uh, who started home to Ipswich, started 27. He scored 23 and got two assists. Uh, two hat-tricks in there, so obviously slightly inflates the numbers. But yeah, he looked really good, which is s- surprising because you, you sort of expect wingers to be the ones to target against Ipswich. But Boxage at home, he's he's an animal in Sims, I find. But I don't know if he's been slightly underwhelming in our Sim at times, but I don't know if that's anything to go by. Um, obviously, at home, he's been very, very good generally, but he's not been consistently incredible. I know a lot of people have had him sort of in and out of their teams over the year. And then the final one was who really stood out, which surprised me was uh, Helgerson at home to Leicester. He started 29. He scored 19 and got seven assists. Uh, 
uh, four of which were one penalties, but that kind of thing happens. Uh, some sims you get loads, some sims you don't get any. But yeah, they all looked really, really good. I think they all looked, uh, Helgerson and Boxage especially looked a lot better than what CM Fantasy was saying, but that kind of thing can just happen in sims really. I like Boxic. He was he hiding pen about three weeks ago to be my captain in this game week. Obviously, I thought I'd have him quietly as a differential because I think a lot of people may have captained on Reed this week. And I was quite happy they were going to do that. And I was always going to captain Boxic. And obviously now I think even before we started talking this gets said that I think a lot of people will naturally move to him. I think Phillips is the only striker that's got more home goals in Simon. So he is he is a, a bit of a beast at home at the best of times. So it doesn't surprise me with our data showing you. So I can see him being a popular captain, but I don't think he will be much of a differential now. I can see his ownership being reasonable now. But I think he will be the more popular move from Henri, unless, I say, people will go to Van Nistelrooy. But then, obviously, there's, that opens up other questions to do with what you do with him next week if you're, if you're not free in. So some people won't be, maybe not be so keen to go there. So I think people that don't want Man United because of next week, I think the more, the more obvious move is to box it. So if you've got to make 15 points, I think you may struggle to do that with boxing. So you may have yeah. to quite a Monty may have to uh, look somewhere else for his captain, I think. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I I think Helgerson's too much of a risk. You know, you get some sims where these sort of six to seven million strikers just go crazy, but then an R sim do nothing. I'm you know, Malcolm Christie's someone who's done it on a lot of occasions where sim data showing him looking good. I know he's uh, screwed you over one or two times this season, but um, it's good when I benched him. That's fair enough. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I find that these sort of six, six and a half million strikers are awkward because they can produce some really good sim data and, you know, three or four sims in a row, I'll see them getting braces and suddenly their numbers are up like Helgerson's at 19 goals. But really, is that realistic? It's, it, I find it difficult when I'm talking about my sim data to, make sure that people understand that obviously it's not 19 games in which he scored in. It's just yeah. 19 goals. So if he gets, I think he got, did get quite a number of breaks. I don't always write it down, but um, yeah, that'll inflate the number. So maybe he got 11 in 25, but then he got eight in, in four, like that kind of thing happens. But no, I think Yule for me would be the pick to make up 15 points. It's hard to be honest. You'd, you'd probably have to captain him um, to rely oh, definitely. on yeah, definitely. points. Um, and I don't think he's a bad captain option at all this week. Yeah, Boxic is just, I don't, it depends who you're playing, but I just think he's very likely to be, if you're in the cup, I mean, you're probably thinking about it. He's, uh, you're looking at Middlesbrough assets um, for sort of long term. If you're looking into the further rounds, you know, the semi-finals, you're going to be thinking, right, I need to get some Middlesbrough assets because they're going to be highly owned and they're going to do pretty well. I think Monty's got a captain, one of Boxic, Van Roy or, uh, or Yule. I think it's one of those three for captain. I, I'd mm-hmm. suggest he tries to work out what his opponent might do going for something different. Um, that would be my guess. That's what I'd be doing in his position, trying to work out who his opponent owns and then work out which who his transfer might be based on his squad and take it from there. But I think I do think it's probably between those three as the more popular captain between Van Nistelrooy, uh, Boxage and Yule. I think it should be one yeah. of them three. Definitely. Moving on to the next question from Pete. This is a slightly awkward question because he asked it before the leak. So he asks... Henri or Phillips to Rude for a hit. So obviously Henri's not playing. So we're going to both say Henri. But is it worth a hit for Rude this week, do you think, with the blank coming up? Um, I'm not sure if he has his free hit. I don't think he said. So um, what do you think? I I wouldn't move Phillips on if I owned him. I don't think. Um, I'm not so keen on him this week. Um, it seems to be sort of the physically dominant strikers that perform best away to Everton. So Van Nistelrooy, Baduca and Dublin have all scored two away to Everton this year. Phillips doesn't quite fit that mould. So I'm not so overexcited about him this week. But um, he did score in the reverse game and got nine points in the home game with Everton. Now, obviously, this is a slightly different matchup from a tactical perspective. Thunder won't be attacking if playing away. So you have to factor that in as well. But he's already shown he can score against Everton. Um, I wouldn't, it's a, probably a bit like Baduka. I'd probably maybe suggest he's probably slightly more likely to score than Baduka. I think he's got a similar ceiling this week. I think you're looking at sort of six, seven points again um, for Phillips. Yeah. But with Cholman at home next week uh, and Van Nistelrooy with no game next week, I'll expect um, Phillips to outscore Van Nistelrooy across the two games. Obviously, with Van Nistelrooy no game next week, he definitely, I think you want him back for that Cholman game. So I wouldn't be sending him. And obviously now if he's got Henri anyway, the decision is pretty straightforward, isn't it? Henri out for Van Nistelrooy, I would imagine, for Pete. 
Yeah, uh, I've got my Omri at home to Tottenham numbers. I mentioned them last week. He starts 26, gets 16 goals, one assist. It's Rude can be can be slightly awkward in, in Sims in some of these home games that aren't really easy, like your Millwalls and your Charltons. Like Tottenham aren't at, aren't terrible under McLeish defensively, no. but like you said, they do concede quite a few goals. But I find it Veron does really well in this fixture, like really well. York does okay, and obviously with Nedved in, he does pretty well in Sims generally. So the goals are sort of slightly more spread, but I don't think bringing in Rude for a hit would be a bad idea. However, it depends on your sort of position really. Um, I don't necessarily think Rude is an essential. Like you said, you know, Tottenham this week, blank next week. Could you bring in someone like a Boxic or a Yule for this week and next week and then switch out and to Rude? Or, you know, wait on Rude for the doubles and see maybe maybe you want to go Veron instead as a differential. Because I think if you're owning Rude over these sort of double fixtures, he's going to be 70% ownership plus surely so how much is in how much value is there for players that are down at sort of like my rank around like 150 to 200 I don't think there's that much value there so I do think it is worth a hit if he's doing it but I'm not saying it's necessarily the right move to make I think it's completely rank dependent I would get rid if I had Henri now I would get rid of him obviously he's got no game this week and then he's got leads away before Millwall mm-hmm. home so I'd be taking him out for two weeks but I don't expect Van Nistelrooy to outscore Boxit Joe Yule by four points this week so if you get Van Nistelrooy mm-hmm. and you're going to have to take him out next week again and that's going to be probably mm-hmm. be for a hit as well so it could be a minus eight to get him in and out again and I don't think the upside's that high this week is it warrants that minus four for Boxit this week and hold him for a couple of weeks fine I would say maybe even for Yule but I wouldn't be taking Henri out for... I don't think I'd take Bannisteroy in for Henri for a hit, um, unless you're playing a free hit next week. I'd, I'd probably rather get Boxage, I think, or Ricard, or or you. Yeah. And I, I love himself, Phillips. Yeah, so next question. We'll rattle through them so we're not hanging around too long. comes from Owen, whose name I've butchered on many an occasion, <laughs> as I've butchered everyone's name on many an occasion. I only know yes, that to uh, pronounce the name. There was a guy on X Factor once called Owen Quigg, young Irish kid, and his name was spelled very similar. So I would have got his name right just from watching too much reality TV when I was a bit young, a bit before your time, Alex, I think. <laughs> Everything <laughs> here seems a bit before my time. But yeah, <laughs> mispronouncing names seems to be the entertainment for everyone's week. But yeah, he asked about this is a name that I love to. It's not Zepda, Zepeda. Yeah, Zepeda. Or yeah. Johnston or Postman or whatever you want to call him. I've obviously given my take on this debate many times, saying that I, although I think obviously Postman's a great asset, we know that. I just think his price compared to Zepda, unless you're having both. I would never buy him. I know that sounds quite like, you know, definitive. The numbers I've got is Zepta, 28 starts, 11 goals, nine assists. He looks really good. Borough, generally, they were scoring uh, the most goals on average in my sim of all teams, only marginally ahead of Man United. And then Postman, he got 27 starts, nine goals and six assists. Uh, he played centrally a few times, actually, about five or six times, which I, must be injury-based. Um which is slightly strange because you don't see him... He, did he do that last year a little bit? Yeah, and he has in our um, game. It's only since Marinelli started to come through and become more of a sort of regular starter. The Johnson kind of, by default, I think, ended up playing left midfield. But I think we've had Finnan playing games on the left midfield. Gordon's obviously had some minutes out there as well. So I think Johnson is one that I think they prefer to play centrally, but just because of Marinelli now, obviously doesn't play left and either does um, Charlie Miller. That they have to, like Johnson by default, ends up on the left midfield because he's so versatile. So I don't know. I, I find it quite hard in Sims sometimes with certain people like Marinelli to get into play enough. Obviously, that has a knock on effects other positions. It can be tricky. But mm. I think Johnson will be playing left midfield in, in, in this Sim for us, I think. Yeah. So what what's your take on the sort of Zepter versus Johnson? Who would I own? So I would always say Zepter because of stuff that's been touched on before that he's bound to get some minutes up front. We know mm-hmm. from what Luke shared in Luke shared in season one that um, obviously once the game is in play, we don't see all the positional changes, etc. But Middlesbrough, I think, are quite prone to switching Ricard and Zepeda around because Ricard can play right midfield. So I think we won't know for definite how many minutes and if, if at all it happens. But I think it's likely at some point in this game, Zepeda will spend time actually up front with boxes. Ricard will play right wing. So that 
obviously Johnson doesn't get that luxury down the left because Boxic isn't so versatile to play on the wing. So Johnson has to stay left midfield. So I'll probably always say get Zeppina. But I, I was doing some digging around looking at um, how wingers did against Ipswich. Um, and it is mainly left midfielders that have done best. So Lee Hendry at home to Ipswich got 13 points. Tickenoff got 11. Tiato got 10. Duff, 9. So I think history in, in this sim from this season does suggest that um, left midfielders at home to Ipswich do better than right midfielders. Um, but I think, so if it is a one-week pump, then I wouldn't put people off getting Johnson. His ownership's only about a third of what Zeppelin is as well. I think Zeppelin's about 35% and Johnson's about 10%. So you're getting a much bigger differential with Johnston. But I think Zeppelin is a bit of a, a sort of a law to himself with these things. And if you're looking at people to sort of break trends, one of the more likely to do it. So I think I would still get Zeppelin just because maybe up front. But if there is a week to get Johnston instead on a free hit or something, then this is probably one of the better ones. Is my, uh, my answer to that. Yeah, I wouldn't be against a long-term double up if you really wanted to. Either... In all areas of Borough, I wouldn't mind. Rickard, Boxic, Scepter, even posting together, having both, I don't think is a bad option. For 15 million, I can't think of many combinations of midfielders that have better runs of fixtures and that could do better. And maybe Petkov and Zepeda, but obviously Watford's fixtures aren't great for the last three. They're good for the next few. So maybe if you're looking for a long-term 15 million, you may be on a wild card this week. I don't think it's the worst idea, but um, if I had to pick one like you, I'd pick Zepeda. You know, one of them teams now, aren't they? If you've got to triple up on a team, I think middle is quite good now, apart from that 37 fixture away to Man United. I think all the rest of the fixtures are quite good. Obviously, the sort of fly in the ointment is Marinelli. It's five million. That's obviously a lot more achievable for people than Johnson. Double up. Mm. Anyway, Chadwick obviously upsets a lot of Man United midfield double up just because he's so cheap. And Marinelli is kind of fulfilling that role now. But yeah, I like both of them for, for the running. Yeah. So next question is from Eno, and he asks about Campbell at home to Sunderland and how he's looking. So what do you think about Campbell this week? Uh, I quite like him. He was very close to being my transfer last week until I got the Duke, I think. But if I wasn't going to get a premium and I was going to sort of stay in the same price bracket as the player I was taking out, then I was going to get Campbell. I do I do like Everton. They're, only, they're one of only five teams in our sim that have had over 100 shots on target in home games. So they do shoot a lot, Everton. Just for some more context, they've got 101 leads at top and 107. So they're up there in terms of teams that like to shoot at home. So it's a good omen for Campbell and for Ceratos this week against Sunderland, who also happen to be among the worst for goals conceded in away games. They're only letting two fewer goals in away games than Derby. And Derby are like considered one of the weaker teams in away games, I think, in our sim. I think this is a great fixture for Everton at home to Sunderland. And I think it gets a bit easy, I think. You'll know this from, from doing this pod, but I think a lot of people get hung up some, sometimes on the actual numbers in the Sims. I think sometimes you just have to sort of judge on the fixture and is it viewed as a strong game? And I think that's sometimes forgotten. So I think sometimes it just makes sense that you've got a good player at home to a team. He plays in a team that shoots a lot and is against a team that concedes a lot. And I think sometimes you just have to play roll the dice in that way. So I, I think Campbell's quite good for that. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be too hooked up on what Sim Data said exactly about him it's obviously a nice it's nice to know that he does well in the sims as well but that's, I don't think it has to be all in door I think sometimes some managers get overhooked on, on what the sims actually say and I say you try and defend it every week don't you that yeah play. it's hard because of the way I sim because I sim full seasons and then I pick the games out because I find it's slightly easier for me just to sit and let the game run itself. But also I think it gives a little bit of extra variance, which allows people to understand what can happen in Sims. But with teams like Everton, Aston Villa are included in that Tottenham. There's some of these middle of the road teams that they suffer the most with variance. Like you said, Everton, they do tend to shoot a pretty high amount at home. But in my Sims, he started 23, scored 10, got two assists. It's pretty standard for a home fixture. He looks okay. The Campbell's main problem and the main problem with Everton in general is that we've seen it in Sims. They're slightly unpredictable with who scores. You get people popping up all the time. I don't know what factors cause this, these things to happen. Caratos does okay in this game. Graves and, and um, we know what he can do. He can always pop up with stuff. And I think it's hard when, like you said, when you're simming, you you get so bogged down with the numbers. It, 10 goals, two assists, it doesn't sound amazing. But like you said, the fix just home Sunderland are going to sit back 
you know, he's going to get a chance to shoot. If you, you, you know, the old cliche, if you don't shoot, you don't score. It's the same in this game. So I wouldn't be put off getting Campbell, but like likes of Helgerson looking a lot better, I don't think necessarily means that the decision should just be pick Helgerson because, you know, there's long-term things to think about. And also um, Campbell's in a game in which, you know, not a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people will own him as well. So someone like you, who, who maybe is in a position where you're looking to, you know, you sort of, bottom end of the top 100 or sort of climbing up there, you're looking to climb, he might be a, a decent little differential. And there's no real downside when he's only 6 million. No, I, I think they're pretty much equal this week, Campbell and Helgerson. Obviously, your sims say Helgerson's a lot better and he may end up being like that in our sim as well. But I think they're kind of on par. They're both at home. They're both got a good home fixture against an away team that aren't especially great at defending away. Helgerson's probably got a slight edge because Everton have usually have quite a few uh, strikers lined up on their bench. So he's obviously maybe Campbell's a bit more at risk of knocking compared to Helgerson. And I probably think Helgerson is probably a little bit better for bonus without having the numbers to hand. But I don't think that's I wouldn't be taking one out for the other if I owned one, put it that way. Uh, I think it's you just let us in play, don't you, and hope with a lot of these things. And I think Campbell's probably a good one for that this week. Yeah. So next question is from Mike D. He asks about the best non-Man United captain this week. As I mentioned earlier, obviously Ruud's numbers are good. Veron's numbers are really good. And obviously no one really. So there's quite a lot of choices. So who would you be looking at as your sort of main captain candidates outside of Man United this week? I don't think there's any premiums to start with. I, don't, I wouldn't captain him. Say Henri was a possible for some people, but now he's not playing. So I, I, I mentioned earlier, I think Boxic or Yule are probably the main two. So I think Boxic will be quite popular. I think I, I do think a lot of like hiring managers won't go to Van Nistelrooy um, because of the blank next week. So I think they're likely to go on Rita Boxic. So I think he'll be quite popular. I think we saw it the other week with Dublin. So 80% of the top 50 or something ended up captaining for that home game uh, with Leicester or something the other week. And yeah. I, can, I can see Boxic like, being quite similar this week. I'd imagine he may be the most popular captain among the top 50. So managers have to decide really how much of a differential they fancy, I think, this week, because Boxing don't think will be a big one. I actually think he'll probably be more highly captain amongst the sort of top players. Um, and I don't think that's wrong. I think it's, it's close between them. I, don't, I wouldn't say that they're wrong to do that, but just a prior warning for people. So I think Yule is a better differential. I'm not generally a fan of captaining midfielders outside of Veron because I, I think they're more likely to get two points than a six or more midfielders. You've mentioned Veron earlier that does quite well this week, so maybe he's an option if you're still hanging on to him from, from previous game weeks. And I don't think there's any defenders this week that offer enough upside. I think Unsworth would be a brave call. He's obviously at home. We know he gets a lot of bonus in home games. He may get a penalty. That would be, a, if I was going to capture the defender, I'd probably risk him. But I'm not completely sold on the other in clean sheets, so I, I wouldn't be, be doing that. I think it'll be, Boxage, I think it's a safe play, but I think it'll be quite popular. Yule is, is a differential. Or maybe Veron, if you've still got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Boxic and Yule stand out for me. I'm a little bit more inclined to captain midfielders because of my rank and because of the way I've been playing the game the past few weeks. I'm happy to take punts. I've got Petkov and Zepeda written down. Like you said, two points feels more likely than sort of six, seven plus. So there's a lot of risk there. But, you know, on penalties, so there's obviously that safety. If you're going to captain Unsworth, then I, you know, captaining one of them is... Is it the same? I don't know. The one player I, I wrote down, if you feel like you want to just have a safe captain, is, is Southgate. Now, <laughs> there's no upside there. I understand that. But I would be extremely surprised if he got less than eight points this week. Like, I would be extremely surprised if he got less than eight. He could easily get nine points, you know, clean sheet, three bonus. OK, maybe he picks up a yellow card, gets eight. But if you're feeling like you just want to have an, an eight, nine point captain and you're sort of lower down and you think, oh, maybe I can take advantage of those Captain Rude and Boxic and they may be blank, then you could be doing all right. But it's that. I wouldn't be recommending it, but it's. Uh, I thought it'd be quite a, quite a funny one. But you're not fancying back-to-back minus ones for Southgate then? No. Lucky you didn't tip him last week to be captain. Otherwise, you'd have been tipping everyone to get minus two, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be recommending him captain generally because, like I said, there's no upside. He rarely ever scores. Like I mean, with Desai, picks up an assist, so weird things have happened. But um, no, I think if you're looking for someone who maybe has that really solid floor, eight points, I mean, that's a, that's a goal and two bonus for a striker and you'd take that any day. So, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a rogue punt, but uh, it's something. 
the next question comes from Andreza. It's his question that he asks every week about which three teams had the most shots, but he also asks about players having the most shots. Now, um, which sort of players do you look at? Maybe not so much just this week, but in general, who maybe shoot a lot, who you sort of quite enjoy targeting uh, because of that? I've got Malcolm Christian for this reason. I've had one shot for this reason. There's, there's quite a few mid, uh, mid-price strikers that do tend to shoot a lot. Those, those two I've owned for runs of games and they haven't really delivered for me, but they, they, they shoot quite a lot. They shoot quite a lot in my sims and they obviously shoot quite a lot in the match sim as well. Pedersen's another one. He started. To, I've had him for a few weeks lately and he started to do quite well for me. He's obviously, this is the last game now of his run. He had four home games in a row. This is the fourth one and arguably the weakest. But Chelsea, I still expect them to score this. So I think the Chelsea pin um, shoot one will end. But he's another one. In, in, in terms of this week, Man United shot the most. Um, it was up sort of about 11, 12 shots a game, I think, from memory. I actually didn't write anything down for this question. Strange, I missed this one. But yeah, Man United were, were the top shooters. Um, in terms of individuals, um, it was Yule from memory. I think he was he was up there four or five shots most games. He wasn't always that prolific. He wasn't always getting them all on target. But if you do like shooters. It's, it's how I've tended, it's how I've developed and evolved, I think, in the game this year. It was a chat with Benno that I had sort of about a third of the way through the season with triple captain Shearer. And his logic for doing it was the fact that he, Shearer was shooting so much in his sims. And obviously you rely on variance then to how many of those shots go in. But if you could rely on someone every week to have six shots, be quite confident to score one and maybe two. And I, I did kind of look at stuff a little bit differently after he sort of brought that up. And I think it is swaying a lot of my decisions down and it's being quite a good way to play the game, get someone that shoots a lot. And obviously if they're shooting, there's a chance they score. If they don't shoot, they can't score. So I like it as a, as a metric, probably my favourite metric now in Sims to make decisions based on, not so much teams, but individuals. And obviously our Sims aren't quite as accurate as the match sim, but I think they give you quite a good, good gauge. I'll let you answer the question in more detail because I'm sure you've got stuff written down that I haven't. But yeah, I think Yule was the top shooter and Man United were the team with the most shots. Yeah, for me, the three teams with the most shots, Borough had the most shots um, with just under 14, 13.83, which is quite a lot. Surprising, um, really, but it, there was a few games where they really did shoot quite a few. There was one or two 20-pluses, which you occasionally see, which is quite strange. But United were next with around the numbers. You've got 12.97, so they did just as you'd expect. And then Charlton were actually third, surprisingly. They attack a lot in Sims, so shooting is not not so many on target, but um, they do shoot quite a bit. So they were shooting just under 11 and at 10.83. So those are the teams that really stood out. It's a bit of an awkward week, I think, because obviously Liverpool and Chelsea, who are an Arsenal, who are often up there, they weren't shooting as much as I expected, especially Arsenal. Uh, home to Manchester City, I expect them to shoot a lot more. Obviously, the team they've put out, it takes that away, but... They were around about 10 shots, so a little bit less than I thought they'd be right up there. And the players, uh, like you said, Yule, 3.87 shots. So quite, you know, pretty good. And the other ones that were sort of three plus, uh, Rude, Boxic and Helgerson. Helgerson was bang on three shots a game. Um, obviously, I can't record every player, so I'm sure there were some others that, that shot quite a bit that I didn't see. Um, obviously, Henri shot a lot, but we... You know, we know he's not playing. So those are the only four I got that I could say really stood out. But I think it's a slightly awkward week because, like you said, a lot of the premiums don't have great games and they tend to be the ones that shoot a lot. So, you know, with Phillips's team sitting back, he's not shooting that much. And um, some of the others, like the Duca, they're not shooting a huge amount. Shearer did quite well in my He didn't look very good in seeing Fantasy's video. And obviously they're at home to Liverpool, but Shearer is quite good at home in general. And Scott Mill will away next week. And we know that they're not great either. People looking for a striker punt, maybe looking to move on, Reed. don't want to go to Van Nistel, and maybe already got Boxage or Ricardo or something. I wouldn't put people off, Shearer, because I don't expect Newcastle to go mad this week, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won 2-1 or something this game. After they're in the goals, Shearer could get some. Um, and then you say you've got a striker with two good games, because he's then got moved next week as well. So I wouldn't put people off him. We haven't spoken about him yet. And he's saying people do. I think it's quite common knowledge that Liverpool's defence is normally pretty tight and doesn't give much away. But they are prone to the odd sort of bad away game. I think Middlesbrough put three past them in our sim already. I wouldn't be surprised if Shearer has a little uh, has a go this week. I, I, I'll put my neck on the line and I think he will score this week, Shearer. So we'll go for him as well. Yeah, no, Shearer, I didn't actually, I don't think I actually did look at Shearer. 
this week. I tend to go for, like you said, you have to look, look at the fixture. When you're simming, obviously you can't look at every player. So I just sort of pick the ones out that have the nice fixtures. And I often link it back to the players that um, I'm already looking at for questions. So, so you don't have all the time in the world. But um, yeah, so all those players shooting, like you said, I like shots. I think they're a great metric. And if a player's shooting, then they're more likely to score. It's as simple as that, really. The game isn't that complicated on, on the... Um, on the face of it. So, um, you know, pick a team that shoots, pick a player that shoots, and you're more likely than not going to get something from it anyway. Should we move on to, yeah, move on to the next question. This is an awkward question. So, yeah, uh, Billy Hadaway asks about Dinser, Alexanderson, Marinelli, Ronald DeBoer. We mentioned earlier players like Dinser and Marinelli are really tricky to sim because they don't actually start a lot. So, unfortunately, I have to just sort of, I have archived sims and I just have to pick out samples of where I actually noticed them play sometimes I get one or two sometimes I get enough I got 10 for Dinser thankfully um you got two goals four assists there's nothing to take from it I know you've been someone who well you were probably one of the first people to point him out um at least in an open public forum um so yeah he looks okay then Alexanderson away at Charlton he actually looked um pretty good considering this game had a lot of goals in it um obviously when Charlton attack they don't keep clean sheets very often. I'm not sure how many home clean sheets they've got in our sim. I suspect it's no more than one or two. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a 3-1. I think Charlton is pretty yeah. likely in this game, I think. Well, it's going to put a yeah. good result. But yeah, I, I think Middlesbrough, uh, I think Millwall could get something. Oh, at least get some attacking returns from someone in this game. Yeah, Alex, yeah, Alexanderson started 27, scored three goals and got five assists. He looked okay. There was uh, two penalties in there. Obviously, we don't, know if he's going to take penalties he does in sims depending on who's starting and Mill will do rotate a little bit um you know on occasion so that in those games he did take penalties which is you know something to work off of I'm not sure is he is he only taken one penalty in our sim yeah he did when Kane seems to be first choice still in my sims um and I think Kane was strangely still on the pitch when Alexanderson took the one he did take in our sim they are quite closely um the penalty state is very, very close, though. And I think Luke said before, and I haven't got no reason to disagree, that when two are quite close together, it's not always the superior one that takes it. They, the game does mix it up sometimes. So mm. I still don't know who is the first choice in our sim. So um, obviously, it's a final decision. I don't think you pick Alexanderson for the penalties anyway. But I think there's other reasons to own him. Maybe because he's playing his price is quite good. Gets he's got another things. I think, yeah, and he's got the... An extra game coming up as well, so I think the penalty is an extra luxury. I wouldn't expect that from him, but yeah, he could he could still want to take them. Yeah, and then Marinelli again, another example like did. So I found twelve games, um, one goal, two assists. I mean, it's I it's hard when I get asked. I've been asked to, it's quite a few times about both Dins and Marinelli. I can't say anything really because I'm sitting on such a small example. I mean, what happens if he scored ten goals in ten games? Everyone would be everyone be jumping on him, but yeah, it's he's not. You know, he's five million for a reason. I, I know he's starting, and maybe if he was a consistent starter, he'd be priced a bit higher. But he's not going to score you loads and loads of goals. Didn't so maybe more so because he's got he's got twenty dribbling, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so he tends to yeah. get tends to get up and in and around there, and does pick up assists when he does play. And then the final one was De Boer away at Derby, started twenty five, three goals, four assists. Again, another hard one to sim sort of gave me five players that are quite, well, five, four players that are quite hard to sim because De Boer doesn't play up top in sims, but I don't suspect he's going to play up top in ours anyway. So most of these were from right midfield. I think he played three, no, four of the 25 games up top in mine. Yeah, he picks up the odd goal, the odd assist, Derby away. He's against wing backs, so, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's something to look at, but he's not exceptional when he plays right midfield, I find. He sits quite deep, so he doesn't really get too in and involved in in the match play, at least when you look at comms, you don't see his name pop up that much when he plays right in the field. I rank the four of them in terms of the order I would pick them in this week. So I put Dinser mm-hmm. first. I think he's the best of the four for me. He's got four assists in the five home games he's played so far. And he's got two or three points of bonus in three of the five home games. I, I'm with you. He's really hard to sim. So I think the better judgment is what he's done so far in our sim in other games rather than trying to get information from the sims because it is really awkward. So I'd go him first, and I'd go Marinelli. I expect Millwall, um, Millwall I expect Millwall to have um, him play with an up arrow in central midfield, so he'll obviously spend time running into the AMC role. Um, 
he's got two goals and two assists in his last four home games. He's getting an attacking return in his home game for every home game. As I think Dintz has got more upside than him this week, but Marinelli's probably a better hold for the rest of the season. So if you're looking to get one in longer term, I'd get Marinelli, I think. But I think if it's one week, I'd get Dintzer. Then I'd put our on the ball next. Um, the problem with him is, as Dukes alluded to, there's no consistency in formation in my sims, let alone where he plays. It's what formation Blackburn play. I've got the 3-4-1-2 that we see most often from them. I've got the 4-2-4 when he's playing stationed really high. He's, he definitely seems to make a difference for his returns. He's, he's quite good in 4-2-4, even if he's playing out on the right. He's obviously a lot higher up the pitch and he's more able to do things from there. Um, it's a decision for me this week. He's currently my first son at the moment. Well, a lot of my midfielders have got fairly attractive games this week. So I'm not 100% sure which one I'm going to bend. It's him at the minute. But I, I'm, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with benching a wide player against Derby. I'd definitely be uncomfortable with them, them roll out the 4-2-4 formation. But, but, so I, I think he's... I think he's one of the harder ones to sort of work out this week. If you, if you, he's obviously quite highly owned, and if you've got if you've got a squad where a lot of your players have got good home games, you've got still got Brian Hughes. Um, but I think you're better off playing Brian Hughes over to to Millwall. Yeah, um, I agree. And Alexander's the last because I say Millwall's attacking numbers are probably the weakest of the four teams, so uh, that just that makes him fourth choice of the four for me. But yeah, it's hard of all. I think if you. What are you looking at? An attacking return one in two, one in three from all of them most of the time. So um, you did a little more, bit of luck, don't you? More than that. More than that with all of them. One in sort of one in three, one in four, yeah. Maybe even one in five on some occasions. All of them, and there's a reason that some of these midfielders, especially are lower priced, because you know, with, with your Zepeda, with your pet calf, you could probably buy and get with game week one. And then to game week 38, you're going to get 15 returns, sort of minimum. These midfielders, I've seen the likes of Alex Anderson have some really, really good seasons and then some really, really bad seasons. Millwall are generally quite bad anyway. I think they're having a, I would say they're having a slightly better attacking sim than on average in ours. I'm not sure how many goals they've scored. They've done slightly better. Some of their assets like Savaresi and, and Alex Anderson himself have done okay because a lot of people had Kine and some of their... Um, starting drafts in game week one and obviously he's slightly underwhelmed but um, he was he injured for a, a chunk of time isn't he yeah I think he wired him for a bit he's just under delivered I think Luke's I think the way you, I look at these players is what would they have been priced up if they'd have started the season if Luke would have known the sim we was having now how would he have priced these players up I think Marinelli especially is probably going to be 5.56 million I think if Luke knew he, he priced Charlie Miller at 6 million he joined the sim. Obviously, Marinelli plays exactly the same position as him, so it makes sense that Marinelli's probably six million as well. But their returns yeah. are fairly equal. I think Dinsa would at least be five million, probably five point five. I think he's quite good for attacking returns. Wilcox was about five point five, and Dinsa seems to be doing better than him. So I would imagine Dinsa is probably a five point yeah. five million mid. Yeah. The ball, I think, I don't know if it would have been priced. He probably would have been priced high just because he was been playing up front. Um, Seven million, I think. So the club he plays up front. Yeah, maybe maybe it'd been a little bit more if Luke knew he was playing up front for this amount of time. But I think Kinney mm-hmm. was five million to start the season. I think Alexanderson would have been priced the same on the other side. So I think Vince is probably the one that's the most underpriced, if that makes sense. I think you could probably argue he could be worth one point five more if Luke knew what he knew now. Yeah, so I think I, I think he's maybe I think he's the the best of them for consistent returns. But Marinelli's got the better fixtures for the last what we've got five or six games left. So, yeah, I agree. I'd probably own both if I was going to wildcard, to be fair. I think they're probably the two of the better enablers. Now, I know people will gravitate towards Chadwick because the main United extra games. Maybe own all three of them, Dinson, Marinelli, Chadwick, and then two others. I wouldn't be against that now. I think, so I think they're both underpriced compared to what they would be in normal circumstances. So, that may be a reason to own both. I mean, that could be a bit of a rogue midfield on wildcard. I'd throw Alexanderson in there just for the sake of the double. Yeah, um, I think you know you could have that Chad sort of Chadwick, Marinelli, Alexanderson, Dinson midfield cost you peanuts, and then you can well you probably just you probably have at least two premium forwards and Varane. You know, if you're free hitting, and fairly premium defence as well, you probably afford that. You could have Southgate, Desai, one of the Liverpool boys, maybe even Gardner in there, and then um, you know you could, or you could even slightly go down from because Tone's got quite a good fixture. You have Boxic up top as well as the two premiums. I don't. No, the, the math is probably way off on that, but I think there's a lot of options if you were to go cheap midfield and, you know, sort of play 5-2-3 or 4-3-3 from here on out and just sort of rotate between the ones with good fixtures. I don't think it's the worst 
tactic in the world. And I know there's um, some questions in your pod about wild cards, so maybe that's something It'll to consider. Yeah. So the final question is from FPL Richie, and he asks about Hendry to Marinelli or Gardner to Southgate. So I haven't really got any data for this because I don't really use a lot of data with defenders, but I would say Gardner to Southgate. Like I meant, not about captaining Southgate, like I mentioned, but um, I think he's got the best floor in the game. I've said it so many times. He's the kind of guy who, you know, you're unlucky if you, I know last week he had the minus one, but on, in general, it's three or four points every week, no matter how Middlesbrough plays, always in the bonus. And on a good week like this week, I think his ceiling is nine points and his floor is around maybe five if he gets a clean sheet, no bonus in the booking but I'd see that as unlikely. So I say he's getting anywhere between seven and nine this week and they have good fixtures and Bolton's are okay, but don't, they turn, is it next week or is it the week after where they turn a little bit? Awkward. Yeah, I don't think he really matters with him though, does it? I don't think. Yeah, no, of course not. But I don't know what his away numbers are like, but I've owned him quite a lot and he hasn't done incredible away from home. Um, no, really he's, got, he's got 22 more points than the other defender in the game. So I, I won't be selling someone. He's, he's the only defender in the game as well that's got the opportunity of 20 points or more. It'll be odd home games. I have a captain him the other week when he, he scored. When it, yes. Bolton scored so five, did didn't they? Yeah, um, yeah he, he was looking like he could get 20 points that week. No, the defender gives you that. And especially if you're looking mm. for differential captains now, there'll be weeks, any Bolton home game. You may even think about it this week. I don't think you'll get a clean sheet. You need, obviously need that if you've got sort of 18, 20 points. But no other defender gives you that sort of hope. So I, mm. I wouldn't be selling Gardner, but I probably would agree that I would get Gardner and Southgate. I don't see the harm in owning both. I don't think you can... Uh, I haven't obviously seen Richie's team, so I don't know who he's got. But I would guesstimate that his transfers should probably should be used on other things rather than taking out Gardner for Southgate. I think there's probably other other players that probably warrant the transfers more and have got more upside than that. We obviously just spoke about Marinelli in depth as well. And I like him. I still don't think he's completely now, or as much as it seems like his first choice next to Miller now. I think he's still at risk of an early substitution. And Hendry, I know he's one of your boys, isn't he, Hendry? But his numbers <laughs> at home, especially, are really good. I don't think I'd be selling Hendry. If I had well, we've got five, six weeks left now. If I was going to be using three transfers and minus fours, I wouldn't be using it on Hendry to Marinelli or Gardner to Southgate, would be my take. I think there's other probably there's, there's definitely players with more upside than Marinelli and Southgate, probably should be targeting few transfers. My advice to that, I think. But uh, if you're desperate to make one of those two moves, I would do I'd probably do Gardner to Southgate just because Southgate's more now than Marinelli. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I wouldn't be probably wouldn't do either transfer if I could avoid it. But we'll wrap it up there because we've got more to record and people might get sick of hearing our voices after... Uh, yeah, we should, after we should say, hours. right, this is part one of a two-part, so we've broken them up a little bit this week. Yeah, you've, we got both... the question, you've got the questions that relate more to sort of things, decisions for this week, and then I've got decisions that are a bit more, maybe longer term. Um, I'm sure there'll be some crossover and some stuff I'm that sure. we've got said on this one that might get repeated again, unfortunately, for everyone. Um, but but yeah. yeah, part one done. Part one done. done. Yeah. So thanks for listening and thanks for for being on. I appreciate it. You know, I started off coming on your pod and now you're on mine. It's quite a weird evolution. But um, (laughs) yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a pleasure as always. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you again next week.